Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now, more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Don't you date me a podcast where me, Nicole Byer, tries to figure out how I'm still single, even though you could take me to a restaurant, leave me with the check, and then just appear at my doorstep a week later and say, hey, sorry about that. I would say, oh, come on in. My guest today has been at the top of my list of people to have on the podcast. She is a multi-Grammy-nominated singer and songwriter from England, Bristol, England. Her new album, Stand For Myself, is out today. Also, her other album, Walk Through Fire, I have listened to maybe a thousand times. It's one of my favorite albums. I like braid my hair when I do it, so I know it takes me three album listenings to get through my whole head. (laughs) Her album's available now wherever you stream music. It's YOLA! Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for doing this. Yola, I told you before we started, your voice is truly fucking, it's like meeting Jesus. It's incredible. You hit these like low notes, these high notes, your tiny desk performance. I felt like the, just the, whatever was recording, you couldn't capture the full sound of your voice because like I was like, oh, it's like just in, like your voice just like, I don't know. It like vibrates through your body. Like I fucking love you. Oh my gosh. How do I absorb that as a Brit? You know, we're dreadful (laughs) with compliments. (laughs) They really are. We're not great with it. But honestly, thank you. It's really meaningful. And honestly, that was quite a crazy debut year. So I feel as though that I really 
happened in this country during mm-hmm. that walkthrough fire whole process of promote promoting. So, in, oh my goodness, like I, I still find it crazy that anyone knows who I am here because I've only just moved here. I find it crazy that it took me so long to find you. I was like, where have you been my whole fucking life? It was also wild because it was a lot of white people and your yeah. opener, I think her name is Amethyst. Yes. Yes, she is great too. And she has some yes. like real songs about like blackness and like picking yes. cotton and people were swaying along to it. And I was like, oh, you white people, you listening to the lyrics? <laughs> It was just so funny to me. (laughs) I know. It's like a real... This is what I found about coming to this country, which I didn't realize was going to be a thing. That segregation is a bitch. And it leaves a real, like, blast radius. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. then you've got this thing where, like, okay, so you your manager's a white lady. And they go, oh, cool, you've turned up with one white person. We now assume you only want to meet white people. And you're like, (laughs) I never said that. But, like, the assumption just happens. And, like, here's a roll call of all your most glorious white people. I'm like, cool. (laughs) But also, what about every other ethnicity on planet Earth? Could we get to Mm -hmm. those? Like, you know, <laughs> I don't want monochromatic anything, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it was weird. And, like, I feel like we're really starting to kind of combat that whole issue now. But it was mm-hmm. it was an issue. It was a real <laughs> freaking issue. Like, I was like, oh, so that's what happens. Like, just the last radius of segregation means that people sometimes... It's not just like it is in London where you just go, oh, oh, you you need you 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 need more people of color in your band or in your um writing co-writing situation or in your supporting situation. Although most of by and large, I only mm. have black women supporting because I was like, that's easy. I could just pick pick my friends. That I fucking love. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was like a lot finding, you know diverse people and I take it for granted that I can literally just go around the corner of the UK and go oh we've got a drummer there we've got like a you know or Mm -hmm. someone who writes like this and you get to experiment and so this next record is me really exacting all of those dreams and bringing it to reality I love that so like how did you get into, you sing country, like how did you get into, I didn't know I liked country till I saw you, but how did you get into country, which I think is, you know, predominantly, or at least in the US, it's predominantly white people. So how did you get into it? Um, one, I wasn't in the US. Two, I wasn't in country. <laughs> so because a real kind of, it feels like a real trick. It's like, so, um, People, someone called you the queen of country soul. And I'm like, okay, I'll run with that ball if that's what you want to do. <laughs> and then I'll go, I release Far Away Look, and, which is the first single. And mm-hmm. they're like, I, they kind of like, listen, confused. Like, I don't think this is country or yeah. soul. And I'm like, no, it's classic pop music. <laughs> and so then you get the whole confusion of like, mm-hmm. she's cross genre. <laughs> <laughs> and and but she's coming through your spaces and so mm-hmm. going this is mine 
this is mine. And so <laughs> I like to kind of embody like a uh, rich white boy entitlement in like a working class black lady's body. Uh-huh. Right. You know, as best I can, as best I can. So coming through spaces going, this is mine. This is mine. Thank you. And um, yeah. So when I was like, country became part of one of the, mm-hmm. the palettes that I draw from, people just fixated on it. Like, I said, someone did say country soul, you know. So can we talk about soul music? No one wanted to talk about soul music. And far mm-hmm. away, look, that single I've just put out, it's the only single I've put out so far. It's classic pop. Anyone want to talk about the kind of Roberta Flacky and the, you know, Dusty Springfieldy and all this kind of... No, no. Like, briefly, they'd never print it. And so, like, because mm-hmm. of... So, weirdly enough, I got almost more heavily placed in country. And as a result, I got all the country supports, all these kinds of things, because people were just so amazed that I mm-hmm. had heard of it. That uh, <laughs> they were like, wow, let's talk about that. And I'm like, uh, you sell records around the world. That's how you become world famous, which is your aim, mm-hmm. right? So how are you going to be world famous if no one's heard of you? <laughs> like it's counterproductive <laughs> to this narrative of that, that even the, the interview I'm doing right now is even relevant to anybody. Like, <laughs> it's like, if you don't believe anyone's going to have heard of it, like, why do you have such a low self-esteem? That's what I want to know. Like, and so mm-hmm. it was like, I heard about it because you sell records. And how did you hear about the Beatles? Mm-hmm. Tell me. How do you know about the Beatles? <laughs> You're like, but I love the Beatles. Yeah, but how do you know about them? <laughs> you know, I'm in England. I'm, I've been to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to go to Liverpool to know about the Beatles. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I read in, uh, it was like a, a review of a show or something. And they're like, oh, she ends with this Elton John song, which is so wild. And I was like, how is it wild? Elton John is wildly popular. And it's like, <laughs> why not do an Elton John cover? Like, why not? It's like, he's really popular. He's also British. And so <laughs> I used to do like... <laughs> I don't know what to do, like, (laughs) to make it clear that, number one, all music, all contemporary music that we now enjoy and benefit from in life Mm -hmm. um, came from black people in one way or another, including country. Sure did. And so, Mm -hmm. like, the whole, oh, so what's your connection to uh, this is very much like uh, the diaspora, And (laughs) the fact that, you know, before you had African-Americans, you had Africans in America. And I'm a second generation African, you know, like, I don't want to say. I'm also the, like, descended from the guard. I don't know if you know anything about them, but Mm -hmm. for a good three millennia, they've been responsible for the artistic renaissance that gave birth to so much of this popular music. And so through... I don't know what to say. Like it's a, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of profoundly deeply connected. So much so that I came out of the womb singing, ready to be artistic. You know, like have you sang all your life? Literally, my whole life. And I told my mother when I was four years old that I was gonna sing and write songs, and I wasn't wrong. <laughs> 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 uh, I told her also that I probably like, you know, 
join a band or do some other things, but I probably get really bored of it because people will really try and control my direction. And I wasn't wrong mm. about that either. And I can't believe four-year-old me was so on point, but she was. So I'm just trying <laughs> to live my four-year-old's best life, which is eating cake and taking names. <laughs> I mean... That's me right now. I keep buying butterfly clips and like things from the 90s that my mother wouldn't buy for me. I'm like, now I'm going to do it all. I'll do it all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it all. You can't stop me now. I'm supposedly grown up. Yeah, truly. That's how I feel. It's like I'm a grown up, but I'm going to eat cereal for dinner and ice cream for breakfast. When did you start playing the guitar? Um, 2014. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah. So this is like a new edition. Yeah. So um, I was like creatively in these spaces that were terrified that I was going to realize <laughs> my power. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, God. <laughs> what if she realizes that chords are actually easy and she could do this whole thing on her <laughs> own? <laughs> we can't have that. That's a terrifying prospect. And so... Like the chords are easy. (laughs) Like they're like, what if? What if that she goes? Oh, so like the idea was to kind of like go do anything to keep me in that kind of codependent state. As your Mm. top lining job is super codependent, you know. And so I was told um, I shouldn't bother learning guitar. I don't really have the inclination to practice and to get good at it. Hmm. That's interesting because that is a way to like keep you in a corner. It's like, well, you have to have a band. You have to have all these people. It's like, well, no, if I just learn how to fucking do it myself, then I don't need anybody. I can just, you know, go on tour myself, play the guitar by myself. Or I can just choose my band. It was more the intellectual property, you know? It was the Mm -hmm. idea of actually the creative side, like not the playing side. It was like the... Like, you can play with as many people as you want, but, like, when it comes to the writing process, it was that idea of, ooh, I don't know if I want you Mm. to actually have control (laughs) over the entirety of the kind of sonic direction. That feels like power that I'm not comfortable Mm -hmm. with you having. And so it became, like, a real, like, bone in the side. I was kind of, you know, mind-effed out of my own... Um, autonomy or agency for a while Mm -hmm. and then as time went on I just saw saw so many morons playing guitar and I was like that Mm -hmm. idiot can play guitar surely (laughs) I can play it right like that's that's so funny but isn't that the rule like you look at someone you're like I don't think you can even tie your shoelaces and you're playing that guitar (laughs) that's how I felt when I first started doing comedy I saw like a bunch of like white dudes on stage. And I was like, I think I could do that better. Right. I think I, think I could do that. <laughs> I guess I just try it. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and lo and behold, you can smash the back doors in. Absolutely fire. And so, yeah, you were right. And indeed, so was I in that record. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you write all the songs on Walk Through Fire? They were all co-written on the day. Um, so I'm what gonna, the fuck? Yeah, so I'm going to break it down. Bar one. And so one song was written just by me on my own before I met Dan. Can you guess which one? Mm, let's see. Rock Me Gently? No, no, no. I know what you mean. It's the most extra one on the record. <laughs> 
is it ain't easier. Ooh, okay. okay. There it is. So that one I wrote um in 2017. Um and then I met Dan. I was like, oh maybe he might like this as a song. Um and then but the rest of them, uh, I was in a room. I, well, I'd come into the studio and Dan would be like, someone's going to come in and co-write with us today. I'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that's how <laughs> this was going to happen, but it was always, mm-hmm. that's how it was. And then someone would walk in the room. I'd be like, okay, hi, guy. And uh, then we'd start writing a song. And like by the end of like the session, which would be about three hours, a song would exist. And... You would that would be like just recorded onto like your phone or something mm-hmm. songs would get like kind of the lyrics would get like printed out and like just filed as it were and it's like there's that thing we've all um we always have like a voice note that's central but everyone's taking their own voice notes and typing out or whatever they're doing and so that mm-hmm. was it like every song was written outside of it ain't easier in the room with said third party that I had no idea who they would be because obviously I'm not from this continent and at the time I didn't even live in Mm -hmm. America I was doing the longest commute ever (laughs) (laughs) it's truly a long ass fucking commute you gotta drive to the airport and then sit on a plane for a little bit yeah a good old eight hours and then kablamo you're in Nashville and So that's what it was. That's how it worked. And because it worked like that, it felt more like a like a collaboration more than it did a solo mm-hmm. album, you know, um, because of that whole dynamic of like two um, guys, two white guys, granted, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in the room with me um, from America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they're not a woman they're not black and they're not from england <laughs> so there's like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that we might not be able to broach and i've also never lived in america <laughs> so i can't mm-hmm. even like yeah and so it was like we'd find things that were felt kind of that would meet for all of us and uh and that's how that got that album got built and then I'd be able to tell a story about myself and they'd be able to then extrapolate on that trend a bit. And so Mm. that's kind of, that's where it came from. And so it felt so much more like a collaboration. And so with this uh, next record, I was isolated (laughs) and Mm -hmm. that whole, I'd also been in America a lot, which is why you'd seen me. And, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, also, I'd uh, made a buttload of friends um, and I'd got over some of these barriers of segregation that had somehow made it feel as though I was never going to see another black person ever again up outside of <laughs> the handful of friends that I came to America <laughs> with. <laughs> you know, it was just really harrowing and sad. That's how I felt when I first moved to L.A. I was like, where are the black people? Right? And you know that they exist. But it's like, some, uh-huh. sometimes it's like, it feels like people are playing keep away with ethnic minorities. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's really harrowing and sad. It just makes you feel just slightly sad every day on the mm-hmm. inside. And so, and people then sometimes they think it's you, that you did this to yourself on purpose. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't do this. No one asked for this. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants this. 
So Stand For Myself, you said you wrote in isolation. So you wrote that alone or was that still a collaborative environment? It, it was collaborative in a very different way. So mm-hmm. um, writing all the songs in the same room, it being finished on the day. Stand For Myself is almost like the opposite of that. So like uh, on the record, there's a song called Break The Bow. And that came out of my mind on the evening of my mother's funeral in 2013. And Mm -hmm. like, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like a real party song, but that's what, (laughs) (laughs) you know that I like to just to to kind of play with you. Like I did with Diamond Studded Shoes. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. The lyrics are saying, woo, wait a minute. Like, I love to kind of play like that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it's a part of party funeral song. But um, the bass line was coming to me when I was riding my motorcycle back from the funeral. So there I am on a motorcycle crying, which Mm -hmm. may add is dangerous, Nicole. Yeah, very dangerous. Wait, you ride a motorcycle? Yeah, so I've never driven a car. I've only driven motorcycles. And so that's how I got to my mother's funeral. I was like... Okay, I just didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. I was just like on it. And then I got there and I was just like, okay, parked up, did the funeral, riding back. I'm like, <laughs> and like, I'm like, this is so dangerous. And like, then the tears are getting blown back like this. I'm like, oh, it's, it's really not advisable, you know? And, and all of a sudden, this bass line starts coming into my head. I'm like, I'm like, this is a bit of a party bass line. For just, mm-hmm. You've just seen your mum go into the ground. This is not a time for a party, you would say. <laughs> but there you go. Like, comes into mm-hmm. my head. And, uh, you know, I get home and lyrics start coming. I'm like, well, I suppose I better just react to this. Just... So I get my phone out. I'm in the notes function. Da, 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 just like mm-hmm. the, the words are coming down. And we played that song out for like maybe like a couple years before I took it into the studio to get reworked on. Um, and like, I think I just wanted some lyrics fixing that I've been singing. And I'm like, that never felt quite right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, or I want a bridge or I want a middle eight or something like that. And so it was like things that I had, I knew had fire but I was like, I want someone to help me just finish it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it doesn't need a massive reimagining. It just needs just, just a little bit of help. Yeah, just a fine tune, mm-hmm. you know. And so, like, songs, Diamond Studded Shoes was one of those. Stand for Myself was one of those. Whatever you want on the record, break the bow on the record. Oh goodness, goodness gracious! And then I had ones. So that's a good five. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. like, you've got um, this. Um, other kind of contingent of songs that I was just in lockdown, just sitting and mm-hmm. like trying to just like feel my way to something that feels true. And I'm sat up there until five o'clock in the morning, just mm-hmm. trying to get my prefrontal cortex out of the way so I can get some <laughs> real writing done. Because I don't believe in the prefrontal cortex right to start a lot of the time. I don't even know what that is. It's like, you know, the conscious brain, like all the stuff that you do, um, all your memory and all the stuff that you Mm -hmm. absorb in your peripheral vision goes into a different part of your brain. And all of the connections are really super elegant. Anyway, I was like looking into my process and I realized every time I came up with a good idea, it was when I was doing something menial, like 
vacuuming mm. or washing up or, you know, being in the bathroom, uh, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it was. It was something where I was really in my motor functions. And I realized that that's right next to where in the brain where we store all of this peripheral information that mm-hmm. help us understand the way we build the world. And that was um, essentially how I got to the whole um, idea of I need to turn the part of my brain off that is super analytical and like um, too process driven. I need to be in the part of my brain that is just bumping around all of that information and the the linkages became far more elegant and like the ideas, if I ever have a problem, I go to the loo and I come back and then the problem would be solved. That's what I do. Right? That's Yes. So yeah, whenever I'm like, what is the meat of this joke? I have this idea. I'll like go to the bathroom and sit there for a little bit and just have my phone next to me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what it is. And then I'll write it down and then I'll call a friend. I'll be like, does this work? And they're like, actually, I think it's really funny. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm, I I would actually heard about it because physicists were doing the same thing to solve mm-hmm. physics problems. And I was like, oh. which can be quite kind of creative. I can't remember who it was. Um, I, um, it was even like a, like a, a part on what was it? Um, Big Bang Theory or something. When Sheldon mm. went and worked as a dishwasher because he heard that physicists did it to try and fi- figure out <laughs> what he was doing, and so it's made its way into pop culture, you know. But it does work. Even apparently, mm-hmm. Gary Barlow from the UK take that band Take That has a setup in his bathroom because he always gets his ideas on the bloody loo. Would you believe? <laughs> I'm like, I mean. Yeah. Let me get a little... I mean, my setup would just be literally my phone being like, oh, let me just type this out. The word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I honestly... Back to your motorcycle. I truly love that you came up with a song as you're like crying, trying to like, you know, pull the clutch, gear shift, uh, balance on two wheels, leaving a fucking funeral. And you're like, well, this is actually like a really fun beat. Like, I just fucking love that. Wait, so like... You, what kind of motorcycle do you have? It's a drag star. So it's like a, a relaxed riding position, a cruiser. So your hands are kind oh, okay. of like boob height, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Kawasaki Ninja 450, which is kind of like a crotch rocket where you're really like forward. on it. Uh, oh, yeah. God. Very, very forward. Uh, I've ridden it maybe four or five times and then uh, <laughs> I got, like I dislocated my ankle so I couldn't like yeah. ride it anymore. So now I have to figure, I got to get a battery tender. Okay. Never had to do that. Well, because you ride it every day. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, I used to. I will now because it's in the UK and it's probably just a hunk of rust now. <laughs> Real quick, we have to take a break. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. 
access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, fast, free shipping and returns, and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to Newly.com and you ly.com that's newly with two u's and enter the code date me 20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month that's n-u-u-l-y.com newly with two u's with code date me 20 newly subscription clothing rental change your clothes Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving. And I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talk to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DateMe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DateMe. Okay. Hey! 
Did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho. <laughs> without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. I want to talk to you about dating. So yes. <laughs> I'm single. Can Are you, you single? You're single? Mm-hmm. No, I, di- I didn't know. I You're like a successful lady who, a uh, powerful singer. She's doing big things. Uh, she in a Baz Luhrmann movie. Come on now. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's exciting. So like, are you dating at all? Uh, well, um, I'm attempting to. Like, the coronavirus mm-hmm. isn't exactly the very beating heart of it's time to smash. <laughs> but I tried to be mm-hmm. resourceful as, to be as resourceful as I could be and find some, you know, D in the locality, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. And was successful mm-hmm. in that regard. And so okay. I know. And so that was great. And, uh, that worked for like, um, a kind of a podding situation. You know, everyone had their pods and stuff. And so we put mm-hmm. it up. But, you know, once you're kind of like out of the coronavirus situ- virus situation, it's like, is this a thing? It's not a thing. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> you know, we're good. We're good mates. It's, and so I'm now on the hunt. Let's put it that way. I'm, okay. I'm looking to get back out in these streets. Now I'm vaxxed and waxed and ready to, you know, kick, a, <laughs> kick ass, you know? Are you are you on any of the apps at all? Or do you like to find people in the world? So here's the deal with apps and me. Um, I was in the apps when I was in UK. And like, mm-hmm. like it was... It was all right. It was like there were just lots of really dull people. And... <laughs> I don't know how 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 you uh, so I'm, I need your help actually. So this is going to be a bit of okay. actually okay. So like, what are you finding about like being in America and the apps? Because I've only just moved here, so I don't know. Because you learn that there's like a way that people are. So in the UK, uh, I don't know if you probably do because Jamila would have told you that. Like, <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> like. There's a lot of kind of like racism that people don't like to talk about in the UK because people yes. don't like to talk about anything in the UK pertaining to feelings or emotions or ex- massive amounts of supremacy and cognitive bias. And so mm-hmm. all of these things are like 
It's massively internalized, absolutely everywhere, programming your every thought and successfully because you can't possibly in like invade a 90 plus percentile of the planet and have the 89th percentile still think you're reasonable if you're not good. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be real good. So, Uh so that colors your dating experience and you get the whole, the black lady tropes of. Yeah. Yeah, you know them. But for the listeners, let's just go through them. Let's walk them through what we already know exists. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, sassy. Uh, yeah. Oh, you uh, must be... Angry. Yeah. Or... Over-sexualized, yeah. because I've got quite yes. big boobs. No one can see them, but you can see them. They're, <laughs> they're kind of... They're there and they're enthusiastic. And so, <laughs> you know, they're still fighting the good fight. Do you know what I mean? And... Uh, so sometimes it's like, oh, yeah. Like, uh, just the assumption uh-huh. that, like, you are just some smash machine with no emotional profundity of any kind. And, yeah, those are the kinds of things that kind of plague you. So then, mm-hmm. um, or you just get people who are just straight up dating racists. And, like, and so it was really kind of a bizarre situation that I managed to navigate my way through Mm -hmm. to some level of success in the UK, but only some level. I wasn't finding anything that was really, truly, like, like when I was looking at profiles, anything that spoke to me in a way that was like, oh, my gosh, this person's amazing. That's what I really find. Yeah, I think it's just, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard because you look at these people's profiles and you're like, okay, I guess you could be interesting, but from what I'm reading, you don't seem at all like a person I want to spend <laughs> even 20 minutes with. Right. But here, I feel like I haven't been like over-sexualized or anything. I'm usually the one that's like, so shall we go to your home? And they're like, what? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so- I'm like dying for someone to be like, do you want to just fuck? And I'm like, yes, that's all I want right now uh, Mm -hmm. because you're boring. Uh, (laughs) I think over here, it's a little, I don't get as much action on the apps as say like a nice small white friend does Mm -hmm. where they're like, oh, I have a date every night of the week. It's like, that's not going to happen for me. I'll get a date like every couple months, which is depressing. Uh, But I mean, it's just, I think it's just a nightmare for women who are, I guess, others in this society. But it's it's so funny to call a black woman an other because there's so fucking many of us. Yeah, it's bizarre. But like, um, it's weird because I felt as though that I had to learn about how to navigate around identifying bias and maybe areas or demographics of people that were purposefully targeted to be more biased because that's what society does. It Mm -hmm. programs you so I was like how am I going to identify the programming and how am I going to get around that you know and so like I felt with the apps that like it was like training in how to kind of build a team of people Mm -hmm. that have less bias and uh and so yeah like I actually went through the whole you know I've got three dates this weekend and like, Ooh. and I hope I don't have to smash all of them because this is going to be really complicated. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Like there was a weekend when I was like, I think I'm going to have to smash all of three, three of these guys and it's going to be really tough. 
I don't know if emotionally <laughs> I can get through this. And by by the third smash, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm kind of all, I'm all tapped out. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? So it doesn't even work when you do have, yes. like, too much of a, too much of a mediocre thing. Because let's be real, mm-hmm. the tippy top of your kind of jizz range is mm-hmm. reserved for people that you're in love with. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So if you're like, I yeah. really don't feel that much for you like i there's i'm Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be at like 80 80 85 (laughs) tops if you're absolutely doing a great job uh then 80 85 well done you should be really impressed with yourself like if my if my leg goes sleepy (laughs) round of applause well done you did it did it? Yeah, but if I'm like, if I lose my actual sight and senses, then we're at 100. And I love you, by the way. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, oh, I want it. Oh, I want that so bad. I got to a point in, I think it was like the end of 2019, where I was dating this guy who was truly mediocre in every sense of the word. But I was like, I don't want to get to know anybody else right now because Girl. it's work to go on a date and ask questions. And then you're like, oh, you fuck weird. With him, I was like, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. And I can figure I can navigate this. So I come. Yes. <laughs> you do you. I'll do me. It's nice to have warmth on top of me. Do you know what? It's that's just a, well, especially when you're busy and you're going and getting all the things you're going and getting in life and in career. Like you can find yourself in these situations where you're like oh no i'm gonna be this person mm-hmm. that has now arranged another fuck buddy situation well there's they're, <laughs> they're fine they're lovely and they're fine like you know but that's you know it's i've kind of like i have like a not a love-hate relationship and a toleration lack of toleration relationship with mm-hmm. the kind of the the fuck buddy paradigm you know because i think it's 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 eking out something that is n- never going anywhere and just biding you onto the next mediocre situation. And so, mm-hmm. like, I tried to kind of distance myself from that because I felt like I was building one of those again. And I was like, uh-huh. and I was actually no longer willing to kind of play the bullshit game. And so when they're like, I want to be adored, but I also don't want to commit, I'm like, you're not that special for me to give a fuck about your narrative. I'm sorry, babe. Yes, yes. I'm really. Yes. <laughs> but you're delightful. You're fine. Uh-huh. You're fine. But you're I'm fine. Not you're delightful, lose. but I can't do it. I'm not going to play the game. I'm not going to play the game. You're brilliant. Like, just live your best life. All I want is for you to live mm-hmm. your best life. Like, but I'm not going to not live my best life. <laughs> you know? And so it becomes this weird kind of dance where, like, people that aren't emotionally kind of capable. And this is what it is mm-hmm. when you're on the apps. You meet people who are emotionally not, haven't done any work to realise mm-hmm. what it is that makes them happy or what it is that they really connect to with people. And I really connect to people seeing my requirement for softness. I really, when people oh. go, oh, like, you're really sarky and hilarious, but you're also massively sentimental. I'm like, ah, good mm-hmm. catch. Okay. You're paying attention. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, okay, let's talk. You know? You know, there's, like, chemistry plays a lot, and you can only really do that in person. And so, like, I'm trying to kind of, you know, be out in these streets a little bit before I kind mm-hmm. of give in to another round of the apps, you know? I do all right yeah. in these streets. I don't know. I'm quite proud of my hustle. <laughs> 
actually. <laughs> if I don't have to navigate people's bias, then mm. I do all right. If I deal with people that literally have never talked to a black person and they just mm-hmm. want to fetishize, then like, yeah, then it's not great. I just never know in person if someone is actually flirting with me. I just, it sometimes, I, even before the pandemic, I'd be like, oh, that man talked to me for a very long time. Wait, do they like me? What's going on? I'm very confused. And then the moment has passed and I'm like, well, I did bad. I did not do a good job. (laughs) I don't, I just assume that everyone thinks I'm hot. And then, um, which I've had to force myself to do because I wasn't, that wasn't the way it was. Like I Mm -hmm. grew up in a town where I was one of like five black people. And Mm -hmm. And so, like, the whole kind of isolation, people yelling the N-bomb down the road and, you know, all of that kind of being asexualized because I'm an other, mm-hmm. all this stuff. I grew up with all of that. And so I had to, like, navigate my way through the kind of people not wanting to be my friend and people not really, like, understanding me in that way um, um, I, I, or understanding my, my lens, if you will. Mm-hmm. And... And so that was like a really big part of growing up. And I think a lot of people that were isolated and ethnic minorities in England have had that whole, oh, wow, they were really racist. Like if you're a mm-hmm. zenial, you know, if they're part of the zenial kind of generation, then you, you lived that, you know. And so mm-hmm. that really kind of affects how much you think people are actually seeing you or finding you attractive in any way because you were so asexualized. And then mm-hmm. you go from asexualized and you grow some boobs and you become hypersexualized. <laughs> and it's like Yeah, it's a real mind fuck. Exactly. And then it's like you're either like this like sexless freaking drone or you're a mm-hmm. hoe and you're nowhere in them. What about the middle ground? What about just a regular lady? And like I <laughs> that was <laughs> That's that's been a really hard thing to navigate. So I just decided to assume that like people are like if they're talking to me and they're like giving me good energy, that it might be possible that they think mm-hmm. that I'm an attractive person, and that might not mean that they actually want to smash. It might just mean that they they go, oh, she's attractive, and I like because people react to attractive people they find attractive mm-hmm. differently. They kind of look at them with more open eyes and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Or, um, and there's a softer expression. So I'd be like, oh, they think I'm pretty or what it is. Uh, but and then I have to kind of then deduce and go on the sleuthing hunt of does that mm-hmm. mean you want to smash? Or do you actually just have a girlfriend right over there who's going to saunter across and be like, what are you doing talking to her? <laughs> and so, yeah, it's like, but coming from England when everyone is so reserved, like, I feel like it's easier to just say, Oh, like, you know, I'm going to be back in town in whatever how it is. And like, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's go and get drinks. Yeah, I think I'm going to be more brazen and ballsy and just like say things. And if someone's like, oh, no, sorry, I'm dating someone. I'll be like, oh, OK, then what a nice time we just had talking. I'm not interested in continuing this conversation. I know, because who uh, has I know. Yeah, I don't have fucking time trying to find somebody. (laughs) There's this man who rides his bicycle every day at 7 p.m. when I walk my dogs, and he breaks his neck looking at me, and I keep trying to figure out, I'm like, do I just say hello? I guess, I think that's what I'm going to do. Hello. Uh, I'm just going to, tomorrow I'm going to go, hello. And hopefully he'll fall off his bike and I'll help him. You know, but if he looks at you, you can go, oh, hey, I see you every day. Mm -hmm. So I'd say hello. Like, that's fine. 
I know, but it's still hard, even when you're like trying to not be like some perv. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's still hard to kind of get to that point of like, uh-huh. I still find it hard to just get to that point of, okay, so is this a thing? Or are you actually now just intimidated by the prospect? You know, mm-hmm. like, does giant boobs and a giant ass actually turn out to be too much for you? <laughs> like, you like, it's all nice when it's in the video, but then when it actually comes with a uh-huh. belly, then you're like, oh, that's the real stuff. <laughs> like, I don't want that. That's too much. That's too much body. That's the real. That's the, that's the, that's the umami. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spice. Uh, have you ever been in like a, like a long-term relationship? Yeah, I have. And I did it at exactly the time of your life where you don't know your own value yet. And so you just like... Mm. You you keep up appearances because no one wants to look like they're in an absolute hot mess of a relationship. <laughs> they want it to look like freaking a Hollywood movie because you're like, I'm finally mm-hmm. taken. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so you're doing all of this, but actually it's a freaking hot mess and you're a total doormat and like it's miserable. And and so yeah, like yeah, I have been. And then I think like what I did um, was I took a real big hiatus because I realized that part Mm -hmm. of my process was that I was in this thing to solve myriad problems of just self-esteem from Mm -hmm. just being so grossly ignored in the UK. That's one thing I really noticed coming to the US is that in the UK, black men didn't really look at you in the UK which is mm-hmm. really weird. And I, I'm into all men, okay? I'm not like a anyone only. Whatever mm-hmm. corner of the planet you're from, you're fair game as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're a guy and you're from any of the continents, it's all fine. Um, mm-hmm. But like, uh, it was really weird. It felt like a targeted thing. Like not, and the UK has a weird relationship with black women um, as proven by Meghan Markle's exit. <laughs> and she's real light skin. Yeah, I mean, that whole thing was so fucked up. I was like, <laughs> she's pretty light. She high yellow. Like, I think it, it's okay. Right? She's like, I'm going to get... Like, they were like, no. They're like, no, not even you. And you're like, boom. <laughs> That's cold-blooded. It's yeah, cold-blooded. It's fucked up. It fucked up. So cold. And I'm like, and she's already married. It's like, it's too late. Yes. I don't know what you're already trying to do. Already married. Yeah. What are you trying to do to her? Also, when they were like, what color will the baby be? I was like, light. The lightest? Really light. Basically Basic, white. Like white? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I don't mean to. We're dark-skinned women here. And so, like, mm-hmm. we're like, I really don't see the problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, watching it. I was like, this is fucked up and like truly bizarre. And then you had Sharon Osbourne defending Piers Morgan, who has said like awful things. And she didn't understand why people were mad about that. And then her daughter said something about Mexicans uh, and Donald Trump. Have you ever seen that clip? I have not. Oh, God. They're talking on The View and they're talking about uh, Trump making deportation or more. He's going to deport more people from Mexico, whatever. And then Kelly Osborne just like she sits up in her chair like she's going to really say something. And she was like, if Donald Trump deports all of the Mexicans, who will clean your toilets? And then there's dead silence. The audience was like, 
oh no and then rosie perez is there and she's like no that's not it that's not no, it and then i was no. like throw the whole family away <laughs> throw them away start over do you know what it's like what it's a real good kind of she was trying to say something and she failed mm-hmm. and that's really what yeah. happened right there <laughs> it was like i I see what you were trying to do uh-huh. but you uh-huh. know when some people say to you that people trying is enough that's proof that it's not <laughs> It is absolutely proof that it's like, you might try, but you also want to just um, maybe educate yourself a little bit before you try. Yeah, yeah. Like just trying and being really ill-informed isn't good enough. Like everyone, everyone has to learn to empathize in some way. Hey, I watch so many movies about white guys and cry my eyeballs out all the time. I can empathize with everyone no matter where you're from. (laughs) I watch, you know... You name it. And like, you know, I I was into everything. I've been into everything cinema from all over the world. Like, I don't find it challenging to empathize with people in a (laughs) narrative or in real life. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's a the fact that your only interaction and the only thing you can think of is that is 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 troubling and problematic. It's devastating. It is. Truly awful. And the fact that your filter thinks it's okay to say is mm-hmm. even worse. Yes. That you haven't even got the intelligence to navigate <laughs> that moment. Because we uh-huh. all have bias. Okay. So it's not what we're saying. You're not supposed to have bias because every human on planet Earth has mm-hmm. bias. So you can't get away with it. And so that brings us somewhat smoothly back around to my dating life. And that whole <laughs> how... How am I going to navigate those motherfrickers who are like Kelly, who are gonna, mm-hmm. who are like one comment off saying something so off that everyone goes, wow, these are the people you mm-hmm. hang out with? And so, you know, like, this is the hard thing about dating. You want someone who's like, actually, you know, got their faculties in order. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, someone you want to like bring around to a friend. Yeah, you know, and I really do. Someone that you can actually bring around to a friend and who's really inspired by your life and you're really inspired by their lives. And I'm just mm-hmm. finding that really hard to find. Um, in I found that really hard to find in the UK. And so I'm here, but I've only, I moved, I was here like on tour, which is where you saw me at the Troubadour. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I... So good. Oh, seriously, that was so much fun. It was just emotional. And I loved touring with Amethyst Gear. She was just such a badass and made just the whole touring experience a real joy because she's like my sister. And so I'm like, cool, okay, we're going to go. We're going to hit a couple events and then go on tour with Chris Stapleton. And then kablamo, the curtain comes down Mm -hmm. and like, that's it. And so the idea was I was going to work on moving here during Uh 2020 only i couldn't go back home because i clearly had an album to do so i was like Uh looks like i live here now (laughs) i guess i'll just fucking stay that's it okay let's take another little break ebay motors is here for the ride with some elbow grease and a whole lot of love you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. So touring, do gentlemen throw themselves at you? In the comedy world, they're called chuckle fuckers because uh, ah, they just want to ah. fuck a person who makes them laugh. But are there like song fuckers? I don't know. I couldn't think of anything on the top I of the know. head. But like, do men throw themselves at you after shows? Do you know what? I've had a few. And, uh, you know, like uh, some of that have maintained themselves. This is another thing about my ability to kind of acquire penis, if you will, is that sometimes <laughs> they're very far away. Because uh, mm-hmm. this country's so big. And so I'll be like, oh, you're hot. Let's smash. And then like, so I'll go and do that. And then I'll be like, oh, um, you're really far away. This just takes hours and hours to get to you. <laughs> like, I don't know if my schedule has time to for that flight. And then mm-hmm. the hang. And then the smash. And then the, uh, the, then the freaking post-smash dinner. <laughs> you know, or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> You name it, you know? I love that that's the order of events. Fly there, smash, and then go to dinner? I guess we're going to dinner now? (laughs) Here's a secret. Like, eating before you smash is like... And then, but afterwards, you're so hungry and everything tastes Mm, amazing. And so, (laughs) so the idea is to meet up with someone and actually have some level of smash relationship with somebody Mm -hmm. who you can actually talk to. Yes, that's all I want. You know, I want to get deep dicked and then be able to be like, can we have a conversation about our deep dark secrets? Yeah, let's let's speak over food. I need to eat now. Now's the time mm-hmm. I'm eating. Feed me. <laughs> feed me. And so <laughs> Yeah, no, I I just want to be a human and then, you know, deep dick times and then be a human again. Mm-hmm. Like it seems really basic as a concept. Yeah. And, but it's not. But it's really not. No. And it's so hard. so then it becomes like um, so that's kind of like my survival mode. And then you've got sentimental me, which is another person who's actually looking for the one, if you believe in that concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, you know, the kind of real partner and they both exist simultaneously. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so part of me is like, oh, my libido's high. It's time. And then the other side of me is like, <laughs> but also you're massively sentimental and Mm -hmm. like you know you you have that side that wants to kind of be in this kind of couple unit but you're not meeting any men that are you know are worthy of it worthy you know and so this is a real tough thing it's like that's what I'm going through the world experiencing and I get some offers it's all right um I'm Mm -hmm. I think the accent counts for something it does. I'm telling you, the longer you're here, when the world opens up more in the U.S., people are going to fucking love your accent because that's like part of our racism. So like yeah. you they see you. They're like, OK, a big black woman. And then you start talking. And they go, oh, no, no, she's English. 
that's an English woman. Yes. And then the blackness kind of fades away. So like, honestly, when the world opens up, Yola, I think you're going to get smashed a whole bunch. You know what? I'm really hoping so. I'm really hoping so. <laughs> I'm new. I'm new blood here. So, you know, if you've not had any luck, then... I'm, I'm I'm new here and, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> but I haven't had the opportunity to really be out in these streets yet. You know, that's the thing that I'm noticing. I'm excited for you. Seriously, like, it's <laughs> it's time. It's really time, you know. But, yeah, that's what it is. That's where I am in my dating life right now is I'm mm-hmm. 50% kind of hoe in it, 50% kind of a sentimental old grandma and mm-hmm. they live together and they don't cancel each other out. I will always be like a moderate to high libido woman. And I'm <laughs> just going to have to find someone who can both manage to be, have that in their personality whilst not being like a person, like personality less because literally, mm-hmm. you know, they have nothing else on well, their mind. When you find that person, ask them if they got a brother, because that's what I want. You know, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's truly what I want. Like, I yeah. feel like I'm in the same place where I'm like 50% sentimental, want to be in a relationship, 50% like, we got to fuck. And I, I want to <laughs> fuck a lot. Yes. That's what I want. You want me to lick these titties, okay? Seriously, just lots. I'm sorry, just lots. Just lots. That's what it is. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be the person that's like, oh, you know, see you next mm-hmm. year. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Can I ask, have you started filming the movie that you were cast in yet? Yeah. We finished my scenes. Oh. I've been to Australia. I came back. Oh, okay. She is a world traveler. Pandemic what? Pandemic no. <laughs> she on the planes. Uh, was that your first acting role? 100%. I've come in at the top. How, <laughs> how was it? Was it like, were you, how did you feel? I felt like a freaking god. And honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. You were like, I got to work with Baz Luhrmann and I was the god. I felt I like it. a, I, I felt it. like, well, I was playing Sister Rosetta Thorpe, an actual god, you know, mm-hmm. a real life person. Yes, the actual person who created rock and roll. Exactly. So I'm like representing a person responsible for discovering little Richard and as a result, giving us everything he's responsible for at the same time. Him being as fluenced by her as well as her mm-hmm. discovering him. So like, it was like one, when you see someone that's kind of that made up and that kind of extra and that kind of camp, mm-hmm. you go, of course, a queer woman found him. Yes. In, yes. The, in the 50s, you think a white guy's freaking promoting that? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Hell to the no. That's a queer black woman right there. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it starts making sense. Like, the things that aren't regaled in the music history hallowed halls are like, and he just came to light. I'm like, how? People barely like black people back in the day. Yes. Who, who, Who found him? And so I'm responsible for so much. And so that felt just really empowering. Mm hmm. I can't wait to see it. Like I'm thoroughly like, saw your casting and I was like really excited. I was like, "Ooh, she's going to be singing." And we go Sister Rosetta like she's going to she's going to get the the do she's been she should have gotten. I think she was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think recently, which is insane that it's like it wasn't done, you know, years and years and years ago. I'm excited. Here's a question. Okay. So like people 
automatically think I can sing because I'm a big black woman <laughs> and I cannot. I'm like absolutely tone deaf. But are you one of those people who thinks any person can sing? Some people are like, everyone has a voice. No. <laughs> and I used to I used to lecture the science of voice production and and vo- voice pathology for singers in universities. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, some people are just tone deaf. Okay. So it's to do with your ears. Now, people that say that anyone can sing, muscularly, you can trace someone to use their muscles. But if their ears are useless, there's nothing you can do. So it's your ears <laughs> need to be able to hear it for your body to be able to replicate it. Interesting. All right. So I, yeah, I'll give up. I'll throw the towel in. I've said for years I can't sing. People are like, you can. And now I'm going to be like, no, my ears are useless. I cannot do it. Thank you. Goodbye. If you can tell if someone's in or out of tune, then you can probably sing. If you can't tell if anyone's in or out of tune ever, then you're tone deaf. Mm -mm. Incidentally, tone deafness is quite rare. Oh, so maybe I'm not fully tone deaf. Yeah. But like, I can't tell sometimes. Yeah, I might be on the borderline. You literally can't tell. <laughs> You're already on the borderline. I know. But like when when if you can tell, in those moments you can tell, you could control. If your ears know, your body can know. It just takes a lot of studying to or, or so just time really of learning mm-hmm. how to open the vocal fold, how to get the chords to be just touching and not resting on each other, how to use the abdominal wall to get your diaphragm moving mm-hmm. all of these things it's a mechanic it's like if you were a sprinter and you had Usain Bolt's trainer you know you're like I'm gonna mm. learn the biomechanics of what I'm doing and that's what I used to lecture was the biomechanics of singing oh, that's like truly very interesting to me do you like lose your voice a lot because you do have a gravelly voice some like I don't you just I again I don't know very much about music or singing but I'm just like I know that this is a wide range of notes that she hits. Yeah. So, like, how do you protect your voice? Well, honestly, so I actually got bilateral vocal nodules when I was uh, 23 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And uh, I had to, like, quit all the jobs I was doing. and I couldn't speak for two months. And I had to walk around with, like, a pad of paper and write down what Uh I was thinking. And um, then I was able to speak um, and I was just croaking for the next kind of months. And then but I wasn't able to sing for a year and a half. And so I was like, I very fortunately broke my ankle about the same time. And Mm -hmm. so like they weren't, they gave me like this incapacity benefit where I couldn't, where because I couldn't do any work I couldn't talk so I couldn't apply for anything and I couldn't walk Mm -hmm. so I couldn't like do anything outdoorsy or like practical it's like I can't talk Uh and I can't walk what can I do and they're like nothing you need to be able to do like like if you can't walk like people that like maybe have like um deafness or dumbness they might Mm -hmm. be able to do something physical if they have limitations that they can't come over with some kind of hearing aid or whatever if you are physically you have issues you might want to do data entry or something like that or things like that but if it's like uh but you need to be able to apply for these things so you'll need to be able to talk Mm -hmm. and i'm like i can't do either of these things (laughs) that honestly sucks because i dislocated my ankle last year at the end of last year and i was like this whole world is not designed for anybody who's not 
fully able to like walk upstairs and shit. Like I had one job where I was like, how do I get to the stage? And they knew that I had a little scooter to get around. And they're like, oh, these two little stairs. And I was like, "Mm, excuse me. And then to get in my trailer, there was like six little stairs. So I had to crawl into my trailer every single day. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I am sorry. That no lady should be made to crawl unless she wants to. And it's towards... The dick. Yes, darn a dick. <laughs> and that's my treat for crawling. Thank you. I crawled up the stairs and all I got was a makeup brush in my face. No, thank you. That's not what I want. Not good enough. Sorry. Not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, Yola, we've come to the end and this has truly been delightful. Like a real treat. Also, I love your hair. It is purple. It's kinky. I love it. It's cute. Thank you. Um, did you dye it or did you get it like that? Yeah, um, yeah, I dyed it. Yeah, I used this like X Mondo color. It was really vibrant, and I just bleached it a bit up before I did it. And yeah, so it's a little bit dry from the bleach, but I like it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, so I ask all my guests this: Would you date me? You know what? Yeah, you know, I'd really <gasps> yes! I'd, You know, I have to. <laughs> your, your energy is everything. I just have to, you know. Learn about flipping the other way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, you lick it and you have a nice time. There you go. There you go. See, simple. Why doesn't everyone get it right? That's what I want to know. <laughs> ah! uh, <laughs> do you have anything that you want to promote? Oh, uh, well, I have this little thing called an album coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out on July 30th. And I'm so bloody excited. I can't tell you. It's, yeah, it's called Stand For Myself. um, And I'm hella proud of it. I want everyone to go and get it that's listening right now. And if you don't, it's because you hate me and you wish me death. (laughs) So, like, that's that's all I want from this. And also people that are hot and single to go into my DMs and just DM me on Insta. Please, actually, if you're actually hot, uh, just go in there and DM me, and I will see it at some point. Please. And your Instagram is just at Yola. Yes, is that I, I, I am Yola official. I'm dead serious. Oh, I am Yola. I'm new to this country, so you know, let's put it out there. We were talking about putting <laughs> ourselves out there, and you should be doing the same. Put yourself out there. Go, people. I'm single. We need this. Let's go. I have put myself out there, and the only people who slide into my DMs are women apologizing for not being men and gay men being like, I don't want you, but uh, I think you're fun, which is, you know, kind, but... Great. So all of those people cannot DM me. That would be real great. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I don't need that conversation. Don't waste my time. (laughs) i mean i agree but thank you if you like this episode of why won't you date me you can like it you can rate it you can subscribe you can rate it five stars on apple podcasts if you write me something nasty hitting on me that's one of the dms i'll i'll accept i'll read it this person says hi nicole i'm actually a straight guy and a fan of your comedy i would love to bend you over eat that booty hole like a pie eating contest all while finger blasting that lovely chocolate puss puss once you're dripping wet it's time to take you to pound town fuck a theragun <laughs> i'm a full-on construction worker jackhammer that pussy make your eyes cross and forget your name kind of jackhammer pounding anyway wasn't kidding i'm a straight guy that's fun wow so if you're listening to this uh right now send me a picture of you and uh we'll yes! see what happens yes victory Yola, maybe it works it does <laughs> put yourself out in these streets just 
ask for it. Ask, hello. I want it. You know, there you go. I want nothing but joy for you. And this warms my heart, I've got to say. Uh, I feel the same way. And honestly, I'm so excited for more people to listen to your albums, to see you act, just to like enjoy. Like if you have like, okay, if Yola's coming to your city, do yourself a treat and go see her live. She is truly incredible. I'm not like lying to you. You will have like a full blown experience. The voice is raw. The voice is there. She tells stories in between songs like Yola. I love you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. This has been Awesome. Ah, okay. Bye-bye. That's it for Why Won't You Date Me with me, Nicole Byer. Why Won't You Date Me is produced and engineered by, oh, the sweetest woman I know, Marissa Melnick. It is executive produced by other wonderful people, Adam Sachs, Joanna Solotaroff, and Jeff Ross. Thanks for listening. I love you. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you next Friday with a brand new episode. What a treat. What a dream. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.